y'all asked me this question a lot, so the biggest area the Pelicans need to upgrade this offseason is... You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here's the deal on this Wednesday, day after Mardi Gras, because I recorded this one ahead of time because there's no way I'd be doing a show otherwise. So I hope you had fun on Mardi Gras day, enjoyed Carnival and now our lives get a little bit back to normal and we're closer, a step closer to getting back to Pelicans games. But because we have some time, I'm taking your questions this week on Locked on Pelicans, turning them into segments, into shows. And I got some version of this question a lot. What's the biggest area the Pelicans need to upgrade in? And I actually have three answers for you. And that's what we're going to cover in segments one, two, and three. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans, by the way, brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, even the day after Mardi Gras, still here giving you the shows that you want to know, answering your questions, looking at the big picture with this team, the day-to-day with this team, having a lot of fun here. So let's dive into it. The biggest area that the Pelicans need to upgrade this offseason. There's three areas that I see, and I want to start with number one. And these, the next two are not necessarily in priority order. I think this one is. And this is a one-word answer, however they need to do it. And it's shooting. More three-point shooting. Good three-point shooting, I should say. Not necessarily more. This is an interesting one to look at, and on the surface, you can say the Pelicans are 29th in the league, second to last in terms of three-pointers attempted at 30.3 per game. With Zion, right? You need to space the court for him. Same for Brandon Ingram. You need to shoot more threes. So why are they nearly dead last in the league? And that's not the right way to look at it. You know, with a lot of the majority of your offense being built around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, three-point attempts will never be sky high for New Orleans. That's 33 field goal attempts per game combined between them and combined only 4.5 three-pointers taken. Those guys just don't shoot a lot of threes with their games. So you need others to make up for that. Together, Zion and B.I. use up over 60% of your offensive possessions. That's a lot. They're over 60% of your offense. So you need that other 40% to really make the most of three-point shooting to space the court for those guys. When you factor in there'll be another center or another big man out there, it's not like 40% of your offense is ever going to be threes. That is just an unrealistic thing to expect with this team and the way they're kind of built around those two guys. And that's fine. That's totally find that the Pelicans are actually somewhat lower in the league when it comes to three-point shooting. It makes perfect sense, right? What isn't okay is the three-point percentage. They're 19th in the league right now at three-point percentage at 35.5%. That number absolutely needs to be higher. 
so that when you are taking threes, teams have to respect that. And that's not happening. When Brandon Ingram's out there without Zion Williamson, two guys have been on him, three guys on him at times, not giving him any room to work because they don't respect other shooters like Herb Jones, um, Trey Murphy gets respect, or Jose Alvarado, or some of the other guys that they put out there. So when you add other players into these lineups, they need to be credible three-point threats from a percentage standpoint. You would also maybe like attempts to go up a little bit too, but because these guys aren't shooting well from three overall, they're not taking nearly as many as they could, probably because their confidence is kind of low. That is not an ideal situation to be in, and that is a big part of the problem for New Orleans and their offense this year. That needs to change this offseason. They need to get guys that are going to burn teams. I have long said, and I will continue to say, you're not really going to find players that will truly space the court for Zion Williamson. There is no shooter other than like an upgraded version of Ray Allen that you're going to put out there on the court and teams are like, we'll double cover that guy and leave Zion one-on-one. Or not double Zion and leave that guy completely open. There's, you know, there's just no situation where that's really going to happen with what Zion does with the ball. Same for Brandon Ingram, too. Although Brandon Ingram, you could convince teams to play him one-on-one, especially knowing that he's going to take a lot of mid-rangers and teams are comfortable giving that to him, even if he's making them. But for Zion, when he has the ball, the goal is to make teams pay for doubling him pay for triple teaming him and new orleans doesn't do the best job of that with some of the shooters and the lineups that they run out there it's also partially due to the uniqueness of him of the way he plays and the kind of lineups you need to maximize around him that he's not actually a five so you kind of need a five or another big out there and you can't really play four out against zion williamson unless you know you get a tremendous stretch big that plays the four, plays the five, but is bombing away from three. You know, Brooke, uh, Brooke Lopez probably would be kind of like the perfect guy to actually do that with. But those guys aren't readily available throughout the league. So you need to maximize more shooting in your lineups. And that might mean at times you need to drop some guys that are not doing the best job on that end. And that's not an easy thing to say, and that's not a knock on a player. I know you're all thinking about Herb Jones when I say that, but that's not to say to do that. You just need to kind of maximize it as much as possible. That other 40% of your offense does need to really be based around three-point shot a lot or other really creative options in the half court, cutting, things like that, which the Pelicans do not do a good job of. So if they need to upgrade, yeah, you know, another tremendous shooter, a Malik Beasley that you could put out there with Zion in that Jose role, I think would have been a great, great option for the Pelicans. Gary Trent Jr., you know, that doesn't start necessarily, but as the first sub in, could be a really big boost for this team. And I would not be shocked if that's something that they go really try and look for this offseason or in the upcoming NBA draft. But that's the number one area I want to see more of on this team to maximize that three-point shooting percentage because the three-point shooting attempts are just never going to be that high with the way that Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson play and the fact that your offense is truly based around them. It also you know, doesn't help that Sometimes CJ has really cold and off nights, although he's shooting well this year, shooting 38, 39% from three on over seven attempts per game. He's come on much stronger recently than he started the year. So I'm going to be curious to see the lineup with all three of these guys out there. And is there enough three point shooting? Is it burning teams? Does that percentage go up when they're fully healthy? So coming up next, 
I got another one that's kind of a combination of two positions that people really want to hear me talk about. And I'm going to categorize this as simply someone who makes life easier for Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. What do I mean by that, though? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Donna, I'm going to take uh, Zion Williamson when he's healthy to score more than 24 and a half points per game. Brandon Ingram to score more than 22 and a half points per game. Prize picks, it's super simple. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And you're not competing against other people, which is the best part. It's just you versus the projections you see. You pick more than that or less than that. And prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch. On TV, they're going to have projections for it. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's also safe and they offer fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, PrizePix will give you 100. If you deposit 50, PrizePix will give you 50. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today, the day after Mardi Gras. I hope you're doing okay, maybe a little hungover, but thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans part of your day. Whether you're a new listener or you've been with me for the six plus years, like 2,000 shows, I don't even know what the number is, a lot of shows. I appreciate you making the show and me part of your day and for being so interested in the team. They're fun. I love the passion from everyone that I talk to about them. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment or comment down below on YouTube. So today we're kind of looking at the three areas the Pelicans really want to try and improve upon this offseason going into next year. And this is kind of, you know, based on what we've seen from the team this year, a little bit of last season factored into all of this too. And this offseason, they're actually going to have roster spots. That move to kind of duck the luxury tax and get in a better position, they're going to be able to spend some money in free agency as opposed to kind of just keeping the same roster going forward, which is what they did last year. So there will be some changes, more changes to the roster than we saw this past offseason. So let's look at where they need to add to next. We just went over shooting. This one, my notes, is simply someone to make life easier for Brandon Ingram. A lot of y'all have asked me about a ball handler. Do they need another point guard or something like that on the team? Another score? I kind of see these things as one and the same. And it's just to make life easier for Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. You just heard me talk about it in the previous segment. There's 60% plus of your offense. That's not going to change. That's not going to change, particularly when they're both out there on the court at the same time. One of them's going to have the ball in his hands, or the other is occasionally sprinkled in with some CJ or someone else. That's the plan. And it works. It works. The team, when they've been healthy, was first in the West for a reason. That wasn't a fluke. So they can be really good, and that, that offense works. But when one's sitting or one's out injured, do you need a little bit more insurance you know, when it's just Brandon Ingram out there and a bunch of backups, let's say, do you need maybe to have someone in who can handle the rock and kind of orchestrate the offense and break down the defense a little bit more? Because as we just talked about in the last segment, Brandon Ingram's seen double and triple teams. Same for Zion. And that sometimes leads to turnovers. There's just a lack of room. There's not really anywhere for them to go. And it results in a turnover. And the Pelicans are 23rd in the league in turnovers per game. 15 per game. They turn the ball over 13.2% of their time on offense. Cut that number down. 
cut that number down and the offense immediately gets better. The defense gets better too because you're not giving the opponent opportunities to run off of a steal or something in transition. That's a really useful situation to be in, in an area you want to improve upon. So this can be in one of two things. It can be a ball handler to kind of run the offense. I don't find that as valuable. Brandon Ingram can still have the ball in his hands as long as you have the other proper threats out there on the court. Maybe that's a shooter. Maybe that's just another score. Maybe that is a Malik Beasley, a Gary Trent Jr., or a Bojan Bogdanovich, guys that the Pelicans could have looked to try and go get at the trade deadline. Did on some of them. So I do think that's an area they want to add. I've told you, they made an offer for Beasley and Vanderbilt. It was rejected. They went the, the Jazz took the Lakers' offer. And so they clearly wanted to add in that regard. If you have another more credible scoring threat like that out there, that eases the burden on Zion, on Brandon Ingram, or CJ McCollum even too. And I think that's kind of the key. Is it a ball handler that can break down the defense and attack? Sure, but that's not going to do you any good if your shooters don't make shots, if they can't score themselves. They'll still just kind of leave that guy kind of one-on-one on an island and, and live with it. And if they're not an elite scorer, but they're more of a passer, it's not going to do what you need. So it's probably more of a score and kind of a hybrid guy, a guy that can slash and attack as well as shoot the three ball because anyone you bring in, it needs to be a three-point shooter. This is why we've kind of wanted to see Kyrie Lewis Jr. out there too. It's a different dimension for the Pelicans. Getting downhill, attacking the rim, putting pressure on the rim, and seeing what it does to the defense if it frees some other people up. Just get someone who you know can do that rather than you're hoping can do that, like Kyra Lewis Jr. So this is likely in the form of a guard, which is why I kind of combined ball handler and another score together. It seems like it's kind of like a a combo guard, a hybrid guard like that would be the best fit for the Pelicans. Though we're going to talk about big men in the next segment, so in theory it could be that too, but I don't think that's the direction the team should go. So... Yeah, they need someone. And that person, if they're trying to score, is going to have the ball in their hands, working off ball a little bit more often too. So I think a combo guard would be useful to add. Maybe that's in the draft and kind of getting one of those score first guys, I think could be a useful-esque player for them to really kind of go after. And there are some draft prospects. We'll look at that closer to the offseason. Most likely in the offseason, kind of once we get past where the, once we kind of see what the Pelicans offseason is going to look like, or if they do or don't make the playoffs. And that's an area I really think they could try and go, whether that's through free agency, and they'll have the taxpayer mid-level exception or just the regular mid-level exception to use. You know, depending on what happens with Valanchunas, that could be a trade involved there too. They can move some draft picks around as well. They have a number of different ways to go and add this piece. This is probably easier to go and get than like a, an amazing shooter, I think, for New Orleans and probably a little bit more valuable than just kind of a straight up catch and shoot guy. You could use another high-level scorer, I think, on this team. A little bit as insurance for injuries that seem like they always come up among some other reasons as well. So we've gotten shooting so far and then another scoring person, likely a guard. But what about big man? There is still a hole to fill there, but I don't think it's as pressing as you might think. 
Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. If you're looking to eat healthier, get more protein in for your workouts, you've got to try Built because with Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're so good for you, you're not even going to realize it because they taste like a candy bar. What makes Built Bars so good? They're covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. These taste like a candy bar. They have the consistency more of a candy bar than like a chalky, dry protein bar that's got kind of a metallic taste to it. I don't like that and I eat a protein bar every single day. This has been the one I love the most. I couldn't believe it the first time that I tried them. And when you look at the macros, they're great. Only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box from Built.com, though you can go there. You can go to your nearest uh, Walmart or Sam's Club. Go to Walmart and pick up a four-pack box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. Go get a Built Bar. You're going to thank me later. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down every single thing you want to know about this Pelicans team. And today, we are looking at the top three areas that the Pelicans need to try and improve upon this offseason. I got like 50 questions, it seemed like some variation around this or asking about these three specific areas. So I figured let's just address them all at once in a show. And now for your second listen, go check out Locked on Saints. Ross Jackson was hanging out with me during Mardi Gras. I had a lot of fun with him, breaking down everything black and gold. There's a lot going on with the Saints this offseason. What are they going to do? Ross Jackson's making sense of it all. Make sure Locked on Saints is your second listen today. So third area the Pelicans do need to upgrade on. And I said I'm not really doing this in order, but I, I think it's actually kind of in order. They're shooting. They need someone to make life easier for Brandon Ingram and Zion in whatever capacity that is. And there isn't gonna be, there is gonna be a need for another big man, and this ties into yesterday's show on Jonas Valanciunas. I think they're gonna move on from him. I think they're gonna move on from him, and they're gonna try and maybe look for a spot starter. And I'm, I'm gonna just use Mason Plumley as like generic spot starting center, a guy that you can give 15 to 20 minutes to, and not expect him to do a whole lot, but just like hold down the fort in that time and let other people do what they need to do. And you're also just not paying this guy that much. So let's look at the big man rotation then. You have 96 big man minutes between your starter, uh, your starting center and power forward, right? Or not even starter, between the power forward and center position. 96 minutes. Give Zion 36 minutes, let's say. 20 minutes for Larry Nance Jr. on the high, 20, 20 to 25 minutes. Let's just round up on everything. 25 minutes for Larry Nance Jr. and 20 minutes for your spot starter, but that could be a little bit less. You still have about 15 minutes you need to fill. You could do that in a variety of ways. It could be Billy Hernan Gomez. It could be a more of a rim protector, a kind of one-dimensional guy that you bring in. Nerlens Noel is an example that's used a lot, you know, now that Mo Bamba's in LA. And just play him for 15 minutes to go out there when you need to just kind of protect the paint a little bit and throw a different look or have a different look to throw at your opponent. It also could be EJ Liddell, their second round pick from last year, who's out injured right now, that they may look to try and sign to the active roster this off, uh, this season. I said that maybe they waive Jackson Hayes if they realize they're just not going to do anything with him this offseason, create the roster spot, sign EJ Liddell to it, and still not go into the luxury tax, and have the full mid-level exception to use for next year. That rolls over at the start of the league new year. 
You can use that all season long. The Pelicans haven't touched theirs yet. They could do that this this you know tomorrow if they wanted to use it up and then have the full f- refreshed one when free agency opens. It's a smart piece of business, I think. And that might be the direction they go. EJ Liddell can kind of be a hybrid score for you. He's a good defender too, I thought in in college. You know, or it's the rim protector. I don't think it's going to be like a high-level elite scoring big man, right? Like trading for John Collins, which they were never going to do, was it just doesn't make sense for the Pelicans when you look at minutes available and role and things like that. Particularly even if they are moving on from Jonas Valanciunas, you know, you, you you just don't need a guy like that. You know, that seems to conflict a little bit with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram clogging the paint, screwing up spacing, not giving you more three-point shooting. The Collins isn't terrible with that. When those seem to be higher priorities. So I think this easily could be just EJ Liddell's spot, 15, 20 minutes per game, kind of doing his thing out there. A little bit undersized in that power forward spot. Maybe you want a little bit more length there. And maybe this is just kind of platooned between two different guys. EJ Liddell, Billy Hernan Gomez, EJ Liddell, someone else. I think Billy probably wants to move on from the roster and go to another team where he can take a bigger role. He seems to be a little upset this season, though he's being a very good teammate about all of this. We'll see. But I think that's the direction New Orleans is looking to try and move in. Shooting, someone to make life easier for Brandon Ingram and Zion, even though CJ does a lot of that too. And then another big man that's just kind of maybe a different look or a solid option to fill some spot minutes that you're going to need. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think there's a different area I didn't cover that the Pelicans need to try and address? Let me know in the comments down below. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow one more day to answer your questions. Let me know on Twitter, at Nola Jake.